Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press podcast on the Weird Network where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. It's Monster Monday when Tom and I briefly profile a monster of the week. This Monday's monster, Marley's Ghost. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh no. What do you want with me? I want much of you, Ebenezer. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Well, you're very particular for a ghost. All right. Who were you then? In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. That's a clip from the 1938, or it may be the 1939. I think it's 38 or 39, though, for sure. But I'm not sure. But it might be. Uh, but the radio adaptation of A Christmas Carol with Orson Welles and Lionel Barrymore. For those who somehow don't know what it's about, well, it's a story about an old miser named Scrooge who receives on Christmas Eve four spirits in his chambers, including his old greedy business partner, Marley. This version of the story is definitely one of my favorite tellings of the tale, and tonight... We're going to be talking about the first ghost that visits Scrooge. But before we dig more into Marley's ghost, I did want to mention the sponsor of our show today. And that is the Nightmare at 365 podcast, which you could find at NightmareAt365.com. Over there at Nightmare, Matt explores the unexplained, the mysterious, and the spookiness that lives among us. And Greg is lacing up his ice skates in an attempt to glide across New Jersey's frozen blue hole. But, <laughs> but seriously, on their podcast, oh, Matt and man. Greg discuss case files into the unknown, UFOs, monsters, urban legends, folklore, conspiracies, and more. So check them out and be sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel, which we will link in the show notes. But Marley's Ghost, are you... Uh, Pretty excited about this one, Tom, because I'm definitely excited to get into the ghosts of A Christmas Carol this month. Well, I'm I'm excited to, yeah, I'm excited about the whole thing. I, Marley um, is is a good ghost, and it was fun doing the research on him. And uh, but I'm yeah, I'm excited about the whole the whole thing where we put all the ghosts together and and uh, and you know show these show these guys what it's all about all right cool well without further ado let's dig in something's it's, it's coming. all right so marley's ghost comes from charles dickens novella a christmas carol from 1843 or what dickens called a christmas carol in prose being a ghost story of christmas that was actually the original title um, now, according to fandom, Jacob Marley is the long-deceased business partner of Ebenezer Scrooge. In life, like Scrooge, Marley was a bitter, greedy, and selfish man. When he died, he was damned to eternally wander the earth as a decrepit spirit, forever burdened by a mass of chains that represent his accumulated sins. The chains... Um, were made of cash boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds, and heavy purses wrought in steel, symbolizing the things Marley spent his life on. They are all related to money and protecting his possessions. Then, on the seventh anniversary of his death, which falls on Christmas Eve, 
Jacob Marley's ghost visits Scrooge in his counting house. Sorry, not his counting house, his regular house. Uh, warning him that he will suffer the same fate if he does not change his ways, informing him that he will be visited by three spirits later that night. Scrooge is initially against this idea and unsuccessfully suggests that the three ghosts visit him all at once to get it over faster as Jacob Marley leaves the room and disappears, but not before telling Scrooge that they will never see each other again. When Scrooge is dragged toward the window, thanks to one of Marley's chains, he is horrified to see thousands of spirits who, like Jacob Marley, were all green, misty ghosts bound in chains. So that that's part what from the, had to the movie, uh, well, from the the movie that uh, Robert Zemeckis did, that that part was fantastic. I, yeah, I the way they they showed all those spirits out there. Those yeah. troubled spirits, yeah, that definitely was a cool take on it for sure. And I think we we talked about that a little bit in our last year when we kind of did the um, a Christmas Carol sort of uh, episode. But yeah, I I really liked that one a lot. Yeah, definitely. Now you know what 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 I was thinking of. What I was trying to. I mean, I've seen so many versions of a Christmas Carol. I've read the book. I read other books on it. Um, and you know, I've seen the play. I don't seem to recall how in life Marley died. And I don't even know if it was ever stated. So I looked into that to see if I could find anything about it. And I found something on radicalreference.info that sheds a little light on that. So in the book, Dickens describes Marley's ghost as taking off the bandage round its head as if it were too warm to wear indoors, its lower jaw dropped down upon its breast. Now, according to this article that I found on Radical Reference, it says, it does seem indicated by this passage that Marley died from some sort of head ailment. We can assume one of two things. Either the bandage is part of the treatment, like a poultice, or the bandage is a result of the treatment, like a way to stop bleeding after surgery. Poultices held to the head with bandages were commonly used to ease pain or swelling, such as could be caused by a tooth or ear infection. When Dickens wrote A Christmas Carol, the treatment for toothaches was often pulling teeth and antibiotics hadn't been developed yet. As the roots of the teeth are so close to the brain, it is possible that a tooth infection could have spread to the brain. Anyway, it goes on a little further. It has like some doctors even talking about about this in this article. I wonder like how many people actually sat around and was like, "Hey, let's come up with you know this whole thing." <laughs> probably well, wasn't it's even pretty interesting. Charles Dickens, like, it, it probably wasn't even his intention. Like, it was, he just wanted to have a a ghost that was, you know, didn't do the right things in life. You know, and now had an opportunity to come and try to save his friend. If you look at it that way, you know. But well, I don't know. These people I mean, look I always, all into it. I always wondered why he did have that wrap around his head, and I thought, well, because he was old and decrepit, like his jaw was falling because he was just old. He, he was falling. It was a spirit falling apart. That's always what I thought about it. 
But I don't know. That's interesting. Nevertheless, I'm going to put the link to this in the show no- the show notes about Marley's death. So there's there is more, and like I said, there's like a doctor that speaks on it, and it's pretty interesting. Um, the other thing I was trying to find was the origins of the character that Dickens created. And what, even though I read the the Man Who Invented Christmas, which is about Charles Dickens um, writing the book, it's uh, came out in 2008 by Les Standiford, and I saw the movie, The Man Who Invented Christmas, based on the book in 2017. I don't remember if they talked about Marley. I feel like there was, for a lot of these characters, um, Dickens found names that were related to things, like he, there was someone, he saw a gravestone, or I don't remember. Even though I've seen the movie a bunch of times, and I read that book last year, I don't remember what the origin of Marley was, if it was stated. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't remember. And I didn't get yeah, a chance it, to actually watch The Man Who Invented Christmas yet, so... Yeah, I was going to watch have... it again last night, and then I, I just didn't get a chance to. But there's another book that I found that could have a little bit more about this. Um, it's called Marley's... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's called... A Ghost of an Idea, Dickens, Daniel Defoe, and the Supernatural Origin of a Christmas Carol. And I'll put a link in the show notes to it, but it looks like it has some cool stuff on Marley's Ghost, and maybe it'll get more into that. Um, I'm going to read the description of that book real quick. It says, Have you ever read anything there is to read about a Christmas Carol? I'm sorry, have you ever read everything there is to read about a Christmas Carol? I bet you haven't. Not yet. Ever wonder what could have inspired Charles Dickens to write such an amazing story? Where did the character of Jacob Marley originate? Was his ghost truly more gravy than grave? Did he and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future really visit Scrooge? Did they really manage to do it all in one night on Christmas Eve? Or is there something strange and mysterious about the clock? What does Daniel Defoe, Robinson Crusoe, demons, angels, spirits, and apparitions have to do with Marley's spectral visitation that Christmas Eve, seven years after his demise? And what's so important about those seven years? Join best-selling author Steve Bivens on a 30-year mystery to uncover the origins of Dickens' wonderful story, discover the long-lost, forgotten source of Jacob Marley, and what Dickens called his ghost of an idea. You're not going to believe what was lost and how it was found. It's a detective story and a ghost story complete with strange coincidences, synchronicities, Irish tales of terror, hauntings, friendly demons, library angels, and wandering tortured spirits. Anyway, you know what? Looks kind of cool. Honestly, you know, it's funny that you bring up that book because uh, I have a book as well, and, and I'll I'll tell you that in a second. But I think the seven years isn't there something in the Bible that says like you you replenish or you do something every seven years. So it's almost there's all like, kinds of stuff about the number seven. In fact, I th- yeah think something about one seven. time there's yeah if you look up like the number seven, you're gonna find all. I mean, there's seven days in the week. There's all kinds yeah. of sevens. And I don't know. It would have to mean something. Seven has to. Well, that's why I think, be I think, you seven. know, Charles Dickens brought it up because I think there's something religiously significant about the seventh year or the or seven years that has passed 
That's why I think he brought it up. But I mean, I don't know. I guess we could probably look into that and maybe get back to everybody. But to bring up, now, if you're on the books right now, before I get in the powers and abilities, um, there is another oh, book that quick. we're putting... Oh, I just ahead. looked up real quick. So in yeah, I mean in the Old Testament, the world was created in six days and God rested on the seventh day, creating the basis for the seven day week we use to this day. In the New Testament, the number seven symbolizes the unity of the four corners of the earth with the Holy Trinity. Yeah, so there hmm. you go. I don't know. Maybe I thought there was always something else. I thought there was something else that that after seven seven years not seven days but seven years you're like forgiven something i i can't remember what it was it was it was somewhere well there's um, seven heavens seven colors in the rainbow seven seas seven continents seven kings of rome there's all kind like if you look <laughs> online there's all kinds of i'm sure it gets ridiculous craziness. people have come up with all kinds of stuff yeah. Uh, anyway. But the the one the one book that that I, I ended up finding on Amazon, which we'll link that in the show notes, is uh, it's called Jacob T. Marley, and uh, it's by a gentleman named William Bennett, and and this actually has really good ratings, two hundred forty five ratings. It's almost five stars, um, and uh, yeah, I this one looks really good too. Like it has the door knocker on the front, and uh, I'm probably going to get this. It's only 8.99 and it looks really well done. A lot of good comments from people uh about it. But it basically talks about, you know, what of old Jacob, you know, who who was this man? Why was he so evil? Why why did he in fact uh get to visit Scrooge and Usher? in the the experience that changed first Ebenezer and then so many of our lives why did Scrooge get in a final chance or get a final chance to change and not Jacob Marley and then he says or did he and this book is closely related to uh it says that this is being called the new classic Jacob T Marley is a christmas carol as the world famous wicked is to the Wizard of Oz, and I thought that was kind of neat that they, huh. they you know, put that comparison. Um, but I think they go into like more depth about him. But dude, have you ever thought about, you know, is is Scrooge, you know, maybe he's sleeping through all that and he just he just dreamt it all. Maybe it oh, wasn't. Whole, I always, yeah, I yeah. definitely that was definitely something I've thought about because it happens all in one night. It certainly could easily have been a dream yeah no doubt yeah well for for marley's powers and abilities it, it basically all of these these ghosts that we're going to talk about in the next you know few weeks here are all ghosts so i'm going to go down the list and then for the rest of the ghosts i'm going to go into more of like a particular type thing so there isn't going to be you know all of this every week um, but for Marley, since he's the first one, I'm going to kind of go over the powers and abilities of just ghosts in general um, and then talk about a couple of other things here. But immortality, of course, um, you know, a ghost can live forever because they don't age and they can't be killed. Um, they could fly as seen in, in a lot of the 
the representations of Marley. Uh, intangibility, the power to phase through all forms of matter. Invisibility, a ghost can make themselves unseen uh, by the naked eye. Um, possession, the power to take over another living or sometimes not living things or uh, of the body or of a, a body. Uh, telekinesis, a ghost can move objects without physically touching them. Um, teleportation, a ghost can vanish from one part of the house and appear at another. They call it corpor corporealization. Some ghosts have displayed the ability to become tangible and solid at will. And then uh, immortality, an entity who cannot die because they were never alive to begin with or exist in a state of unbirth. And they gave the example of the Dementors in Harry Potter. Now, if you think about Marley in general, I mean... He basically is stuck between the living world and the, I guess, moving on where wherever you go, whatever your belief is. And he's stuck there uh, to do something. And my guess is with the movie, without, you know, going into it, or maybe other people have different ways of looking at this, but I feel like he was stuck there and had to deal with his chains, and he's suffering, basically, almost like in a state of hell. But he has an opportunity to do something good with it after he's been suffering. And it's almost like somebody going to prison, and then if, they're, if they have good behavior, then they have an opportunity to, like, maybe, you know, get... To get, move you on. Know, yeah. And so his... It must be, like, his last thing that he has to do is maybe try to teach Ebenezer Scrooge to figure out, you know, what he's doing wrong, kind of like what Marley did wrong, and get him to start helping people and using his money to, you know, help people out. So, um, I think I that, that's kind of like his his specific role. And then, like, like I said, the other ghosts have specifics that they they do, but... Yeah, I mean that's there's not really a weakness with Marley. I mean as as with any ghost, whatever the weaknesses of ghosts are, I mean you can't really do anything to them. They're just stuck, you know, flying around. So there's not really a weakness per se. Um but to kind of move a little bit forward, I did bring this up at one point. Uh and once again, we're not affiliated with with Atmos uh FX. Um, but I mentioned in another podcast, I think a few weeks ago about getting a digital decoration from atmosphere effects. I'm sorry, Atmos effects. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, but it's Marley. Uh, it's a decoration collection that Marley, you get the door knocker and you get, uh, him like flying around and stuff and you can throw up a white sheet on your, on your window and grab a projector and chuck it on the projector and it it, it really looks great. Um, I actually ended up that uh, when I got it, I ended up putting it down the hallway and it was really dark. But the the door knocker was at the end and then uh, you know I had had my wife walk down the the hallway and 
she was looking at it. <laughs> it was really neat, though. Uh, it's only 20 bucks, and you get, you know, a bunch of the different scenes and uh, and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I hope that this company decides to make all the ghosts because if they do that, um, it'll, it'll be fun. So, yeah, check yeah, that no, out for, for sure. For sure, for sure. And then the, the last thing that I had, which I think this is your favorite Marley based off of our Christmas Carol episode that we had, but... Uh, did you see the thing I found on eBay, uh, for, yeah. <laughs> I think that yeah, was actually so your favorite Marley in the, was it in mine? The show. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Maybe it was, maybe I picked, I freaking love this one, but it's basically, it's Mickey's Christmas Carol goofy as Jacob Marley. And it's up there right now for $25 and there's two of them. So there's two renditions of this and. Uh, they're the same thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I, one's blue and one is white. One's blue. I yeah. I think I would want the white. I mean, the blue one. Oh, I guess. Oh, one of them is glowing. The white one is glow in the dark. It must be glow in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. These gotta goofy. be hard to actually get because they. I don't know. They they they're probably hard to get. Um. You know, because obviously they don't make it anymore. So somebody, the fact that they're selling it for $25, I mean, granted, it's probably not worth that, you know, in the end. But if you're collecting uh, would, stuff. Yeah, I would totally want that. I would probably pay that. Well, I would pay it for sure. I already know for a fact I would. But anyways, that I mean, that's kind of the stuff that I had for uh, powers and abilities and then just some of the other the other neat stuff that I had found out. Um but I, I really like Marley. I, I think my favorite one is going to be in the uh, the Christmas Carol that you're probably going to bring up um, soon here. But with Robert Zemeckis, uh, the, the guy who did that, Jim Carrey played. I think Jim Carrey actually played Marley's voice as well in that, as well as Ebenezer Scrooge. I think we were talking about that in the Christmas Carol episode we did last year. But uh, that's definitely my favorite one. Um, and yeah. So that's what I had. Cool. Yeah, so for movies, TV, and books, I was going to list off a bunch, but I think what I'm just going to mention is to go back to our podcast from last year. It's called Ghostly Christmas Carols, and I'll put a link in the show notes, but we talk about all kinds of movies, books, plays, so I would just recommend going back and listening to that, and uh, you'll get a good idea of how you can see Marley. Um, if you're in Transylvania and you're looking for Marley, then you're going to want to take an evening stroll through the foggy old London-like gaslight quarter in downtown Transylvania, which is a haven for ghosts filled with phantoms wandering hither and thither in restless haste and mourning. Um, and the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you just get our book, Transylvania Traveler, which you can get at jackolanternpress.com. All right, it's time for our trick-or-treat bags where Tom and I share something cool we've been checking out during this last week. So, Tom, what have you been checking out? What's in your trick-or-treat bag? Well, I have uh, found a game that is coming out, but it, it already is out. Um, but when I actually did the research, it, it, had not, um, it had not been out yet. 
and uh, it's called Hinge, and it is a game that you could buy on Steam, and it is for virtual reality, but it's a it's definitely a horror uh, game. Now the trailer looks amazing and everything else, but this is not getting good reviews right now. And my guess is just based off of what I've been reading, um, because I haven't bought it yet, is is that there's a lot of bugs. I'm sure. Um, however, I did actually see in the reviews that the developer has is coming out with a patch that's probably going to fix the majority of the issues that people are having. But if you go look at the the trailer. To this, it it looks really good. I think that people need to give these guys, these developers, you know, a little bit, a little bit of a chance to you know fix their stuff. I think they probably wanted to to get it out as soon as they can. They were probably running late, anyways, on it because they probably were trying to get it for Halloween and probably had to postpone a lot of stuff, you know, for issues. But as somebody who has created games myself. Uh, it's not easy. So some people's expectations, I think, are a little crazy sometimes. But this game really looks good. It looks like they're going to be doing different episodes. So hopefully they could take their negative reviews that they're getting and turn it upside down. It released on November 28th by a developer called Arcadia. And uh, I don't know. It looks really good. Uh, so I'm I'm... I'm probably going to get it and take a chance on this, but I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, of a description as to what they're trying to accomplish in it. It says, Hinge is a, VR, is a VR horror that takes place in a nightmarish building filled with high-quality graphics and sound effects. And I'm telling you right now, it, it actually is probably one of the better-looking games. Uh, the game creates an environment of suspense as you struggle for survival in an oppressive atmosphere of horror that chases you wherever you go. Every step is filled with fear as the heart races in anticipation of the next ghoulish creature to face. And it goes on, uh, but you're basically in this huge skyscraper and you're taking elevators down to different floors and it, it, it looks freaky. So... Um, Check it out if you want to give the developer a chance. Like I said, we I have no affiliation to this. It just looks really neat. But I would imagine that these developers are gonna are gonna end up fixing whatever the issue is, and hopefully it's not too late to kill their their uh, their reviews tops, you know, so bad so people don't buy it. But um, you know, give these people a little bit of a chance to to kind of fix the the issue. But I think it looks cool. Um, it's uh it's thirty dollars. It's probably why people are complaining about it because it is a little steep in price for a VR game. Um, but uh, yeah, I I think it actually looks kind of cool. So nice. All right, so uh, digging into my trick or treat bag, uh, there's something I found from Valencourt Books. Um, there's actually four volumes, but I'm just gonna link the first volume and then you could probably find the other volumes either on this website or Amazon but this first book is called the Valencourt book of Victorian Christmas ghost stories and we talked a little bit about this in our Christmas Carol episode last year which again will be linked in the show notes but back in the Victorian era it was actually a tradition to tell ghost stories on Christmas Eve 
And so these four books, which look really cool, um, there's going to be the tales that you can tell. I'm going to read just a quick little description from this book. Um, it says, during the Victorian era, it became traditional for publishers of newspapers and magazines to print ghost stories during the Chris season, Christmas season for chilling winter reading by the fireside or candlelight. Now, for the first time, 13 of these tales are collected here, including a wide range of stories from a diverse group of authors, some well-known, others anonymous or forgotten. Readers whose only previous experience with Victorian Christmas ghost stories has been Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol will be surprised and delighted at the astonishing variety of ghost tales in this volume. And like I said, there's three other volumes since this one. They all look really cool. I have not read them, so I'm not sure what these stories are like, but it's definitely something that I'm going to check out. looks pretty cool. Yeah, that actually looks really neat uh, when you had linked that to me. Um, when uh, when you found it, you were all excited about it, which th it does look really good. So I'm excited to, I'm probably going to get that and the Jacob Marley one uh, that I ended up finding. Uh, I'm probably going to try to read those before Christmas because, uh, you know, what ends up happening is that you... You know, you buy these books and then you're so excited about the Christmas time and then Christmas is over and you're like, oh man, I need to find something else to read now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas is over now. <laughs> All right, well, anything else, Tom, before we call it a night? No, I think that'll do it. All right, well, that's going to do it for this Monster Monday. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. You can also call our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323-761-0276. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we'd greatly appreciate it. So thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch for more this month on the ghosts of a Christmas carol. Ebenezer, look that for your own sake you remember what has passed between us. And remember, when the bell tolls one, look. For the first spirit. Molly. Jesus, Molly.